Hey everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent. I apologize for this one getting out a little later. Um, just, I don't really have excuses other than I'm really busy and the podcast is a hobby, so I apologize. Uh, in this episode, uh, gosh, and I'm starting this like so much later. What did we even talk about? We talked about some stuff. It's a D&D episode. I think there's a new player that gets really excited about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Lucian is all about it. So enjoy. Thanks again. Goodbye. Also, there might be some audio problems because I changed my mic settings thinking it would fix uh, some stuff with Rod of Seven Parts and it broke uh, my settings for this episode. Uh, but I, I am aware of it and it'll be fixed in, in later episodes. Okay, bye! Gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday morning D&D show. My name is Jordan. With a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, it's a very <laughs> special episode of Saturday morning D&D show. We're going to no, talk we need about excitement. Dungeons and Dragons. That's and, right. We can't uh, no, we're, we're very excited to be here. You guys are awesome. Thank you for catching us live. Um, here uh, on YouTube and Twitch uh, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. And uh, today we've got, uh, I don't know. I don't know, there's, there's some stuff to go on. Um, mm-hmm. we, got, we got things to talk about. First of all, uh, I have run out of coffee. The coffee that is in my hand right here is the last coffee in the house, um, which means I have to go into the real world today because a life without coffee is no life that I want to live. And I do um, believe it's a coin, or a, it is essential, so I think you are allowed to go out and get that. Yeah. <laughs> Still have grocery stores, I gotta do that. So, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, I am, uh, well, we'll get into this a little later, but a lot of my games got canceled because mm-hmm. we're trying to play online, and uh, uh, my DM, his internet failed, so it's like, well, we can't play. And then another time it was like, well, they still kind of want to meet up in real life. Like, do you want to have like a D&D speakeasy? And I was like, ah, I just can't do it because of uh, the people that live in my house and my baby and stuff. I was like, no. So uh, it was like a, I didn't get to play a lot of D&D. I got to play Rod of Seven Parts, which was fun. But uh, it, it's, yeah. And then w- I had an idea. I'm like, oh, we should make a video on uh, playing D&D online since everyone's going to be playing DNA online, Lucian helped me with this video. Because of my crazy workload, I was unable to edit it. And now every other YouTuber has and now already put out a how to play DD online. And I just feel like I don't need to add to the cacophony that is that subject. Uh, but Lucian, thank you for helping me make a video <laughs> that will probably not see the light of day. Yeah. Uh, the maybe next, COVID, next COVID quarantine, 21. I'll release it. How about that, guys? Yeah. Um, we are a Dungeons and Dragons RPG. We do more than D&D, but we're the Saturday morning D&D show. But we cover a lot of RPGs and D&D news. Uh, there's not a lot of news, right, Lucian? What's going on? Not too much. I mean, I think because um, they're a game company, they've got a couple of book releases, but they're probably going to start having printer shutdown things. They're not deemed as essential. So I think some stuff is slowed down. I think they print in the United States. So yeah. like, yeah, it's not like, oh, China's okay. Yeah. We can print there kind of a thing. So, yeah. well, yeah. even up until now, I mean, I, I know a lot of my Kickstarters, I've gotten message after message after message saying their Chinese printers have not been sh- printing because a lot of the Kickstarter people right. are Chinese printers and they're barely just now getting back on track. So it's definitely slow. We didn't hear anything about a live event. I'm guessing there's no D&D live event this year. I'm guessing they pulled the plug and we'll probably not hear anything about a D&D live yep. event. Yeah which is sad because I felt like it was going to build up into something pretty cool and would have been fun to go to. Um, we did see a couple of videos out on the, on the website. So Jeremy has been doing a reading from the player's handbook where they read some stuff and they like to point out things that maybe people skimmed right past or yeah. things that he like adds context to why they added it or why that sentence is there or why they put this paragraph in there. So it's a really cool thing. If you're into understanding why they do something, those are cool videos. You can watch him reading the player's handbook. Part two, there's a part one out there 
um, that you can watch also. They haven't gotten very far in the player's handbook. This could be a big series if they keep yeah. <laughs> this way. <laughs> and then uh, I did see one of the new shows they started was Tides of Wildmount. So that is a, I forget who the GM is. It's not Mercer. Matt is in the game as a character. Oh, it's really? It's it, is it uh, the Todd Kenrick from D&D Beyond? Is it a D&D Beyond show or a D&D Wizards show? <clears throat> it's, a, it's on their channel. It's not a D&D uh, Beyond, but okay. it does have some of those people you yeah. recognize. Yeah, they all, they all go back and forth. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So That's got to be intimidating. Out. Like, hey, yeah, Matt, Matt Mercer, come play in a Wild Mount game. I know, like, you know, like, you know things that nobody else knows, but I'll go ahead and and run a game for you like yeah i mean he's a he's a good sport and stuff and nothing that they do is probably going to be like canon but like who i would not want to do that (laughs) i I don't think i'd want to dm for matt mercer could you under the pressure of trying to be pretty good i do want to dm for matt mercer i think that would be a fun that would be a lot of fun there but i do not want to like i want to run a game for chris perkins i think that'd be fun like it'd be intimidating as hell but like it'd be so cool um but no like to to do it in his world though i'm like Ooh, i don't know so yeah yeah so those are the only two videos i saw um and you know other people are moving their stuff to online but that still means they're slowing down on updates or putting new stuff out i've still been seeing kickstarters here and there i don't think that's really affected i've got the um, like Tola's finished up and I've seen a couple of other ones that I'm keeping my eye on that I, I try to do one Kickstarter a month if I can. So my wife oh, really? get absolutely okay. mad at me because I'll do way too many. So yeah, usually I'm doing about 12 a full year. I pick one in the month and I'm like, okay, I think this is the one I'm going to back and I'll go with that. And it's usually like that 40 or $50 level to get a nice printed book to go up on my, on my bookshelf and help support a new game coming out. Yeah. So usually I do about one a month, but there's, you know, there's been a couple I keep saying, oh, I want to do two here. Oh, oh three here. Or sometimes Monty Cook will put one out and it's like $120. Like the tallest book yeah. is $20. Book. That's what kept me away from it. Like the, cause I, I don't mind the $50 kind of, like you said, you know, $40, $50. Yeah. You're like, I can do that. And usually for $50, you can get a book and a PDF. Um, mm-hmm. And for $50, you only got PDFs. And I was like, well, then I feel like I can wait. Because if this eventually shows up on drive through RPG, um, I can use like some of my affiliate money yeah. and, and things like that, or, or the sales that I'm doing from my adventures go into this like slush fund that I used to buy PDFs pretty much. Uh, and so then I was like, well, now I don't like, I want to back this, but I don't really need to, you know? So right. yeah, because I put that much money in the Tolus one, I'm definitely going to have to run a Tolus campaign just to, oh, just, yeah. just to make sure I use some of that money. Isn't that, that would so. be so cool. I love big cities like that. Like, I think that's really like I'm, a I'm city that like Ravnica, I guess, like a city that is a, a, a campaign setting so whole world spanning city. yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool um i saw you put a couple of notes of some stuff that's been going on these have been things we've talked about last week a little bit but um uh well yeah so they're they wizards of the coast they're actually because of the quarantine they're giving away uh some free D material um and this is not super advertised for some reason like i i heard about this through like a friend of a friend and i'm like oh they're doing that and it always seems to be late in the day that they update it um but if you go to uh or search like free material i'll put the links in our stuff um but uh yeah let's look at some of the things so uh as of monday april 6th uh they did some Adventures League content and uh, some uh, uh, coloring book stuff, which I thought was kind of fun. So like you can print out these like maps and stuff for your friends to color and things like that, or your kids. Um, And then more Adventure League stuff, uh, some pre-generated characters and things like that for the next day. But uh, I think it was, yes, so Tuesday, they released Lost Mine of Fandelver, the whole starter adventure for free on Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, and D&D Beyond. So I think for that, all you need is the starter set rulebook. So if you want to try Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds, I would pick this up because like, it's a good way for you to be like, oh, I don't like... I don't want to buy anything for Fantasy Grounds, but how do I build a character without buying at least the player's handbook? 
now you can get the starter set for free. So uh, I would check that out. Uh, more coloring pages. This was a beholder that was really cute. And then uh, like the Encounters in Avernus, which was from, no, that was a, um, that was a, a D and D DMs Guild thing. So, um, and then I haven't looked at Thursday or Fridays, but yeah, just some more stuff. Salt Marsh Encounters, another uh, D and D uh, DMs Guild thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, check it out. Like you, you don't necessarily have to be running Ghosts of Salt Marsh to enjoy Salt Marsh Encounters, etc. Uh, you could just steal from it, like everything else. Yeah, but, if you're on um, the coast, you got a ship thing yeah. going on. No matter where you are, you could be on the inner sea and still use some of that cool stuff with a couple of tweaks, yeah. Oh, and uh, someone in chat says that they're being seeing links on their Twitter feed. And I guess, I don't know, I just haven't been seeing their links. I follow their Twitter, but uh, I, I feel like like this is a, like, you know, it's pretty big to give away stuff. But then there are other companies, uh, like I don't know if you knew this, uh, Mr. Lucian, and I should send you the links, but uh, the company that makes Hot Springs Island, they're also giving away the PDFs to Hot Springs Island for free. Um, nice. and that's like a 30, $40 value is how much they're selling. Like it's a good PDF. So, uh, yeah. it's not free on drive through RPG, but on their website specifically. So if you guys enjoy hot Springs Island, if you enjoyed me talking about hot Springs Island for like over 50 episodes of this show, <laughs> then you can, mm -hmm. uh, pick it up and see what all the hubbub is about. It's really yeah, I good. got that one in a humble bundle at one point. Oh, okay. I cool. want to have it as a PDF at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, we were just talking about running Hot Springs Island as a Dungeon Crawl Classics game before the stream started, so <laughs> it's on our minds. Um, and then, I don't know if this is newsworthy, but like there was uh, some Twitter going back and forth with Jeremy Crawford about a new item in uh, the game because of Wild Mount, and it's called Pride Silk. And Pride Silk is a material that allows you, if you make something with it, it it gives you an AC of 11 plus your decks. So all these people were like, well, can I make like shoes out of it and get extra decks? Or can I make, like if I'm a wizard, can I have robes made out of it and get like plus one armor class? And the, the confusion came is because there is a pride silk outfit that is light armor on D&D Beyond. And so everyone was like, well, I can't wear that as a wizard because I can't wear light armor. But according to the book, I could make robes out of this. And so, like, what is it? So D&D Beyond just classified it as armor because they didn't really know how else to classify it. Because it is armor in the sense that it gives you 11 plus your decks. Uh, and so I, I just thought it was interesting. There's some, some people were back and forth on how does that actually work. But it recalculates your AC. So you can't be a monk that... Uh, ha or a barbarian that has, you know, con plus dex equals your AC. If you put this on, then your AC is recalculated, so. Well, not to interrupt that super important oh, go ahead. thing you were saying, but there was a cool question that comes in, which is what this show oh, do it, yeah. was designed two years ago to help people answer. We <laughs> jumped to get to this, because this is why we do this every single Saturday. And it's from Sarah Guy, who says, for the last two months, I've been watching a few D&D YouTube channels and have realized this is something that I would absolutely love to get involved with, which is awesome. We would love to have you for sure. Okay. Um, set goes on to say, I live in Japan and there is no one in my community who even knows what D&D is. Is there somewhere online that I could uh, find a group and learn how to play? I'm absolute beginner as in never played before. So Hopefully our people in chat are going to flood you with a bunch of stuff, but me and Jordan definitely have some ideas. And for me, I think one of the great places you can go to is the roll20.net um, website and you can sign up for games there. And there's lots of dungeon masters that are starting brand new games. And if we could make a, you can even send me a message because one of the things I love to do is help people learn to play Dungeons and Dragons. If you're brand new, I would reach out to you and I would even be willing to help you learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons. That's an awesome thing to do, and I would love to do that. But that's the place that I would go. When I was trying to find a D&D game to get into for 5e because I didn't know the rules very well, I went to World 20, and I found a game that was for beginners, and it was going to be beginner-friendly. They usually say that in the description. They'll say beginner-friendly, new people are welcome, that kind of thing. And I would jump in, and I learned how to play 5e playing a few of those games before I dove in and started playing my own. So that would be the, the source I got. What do you got, Jordan? I know you got somewhere that you 
Uh, no, I think the starter set is really great. And so going back to what we just said, if you don't want to buy the starter set, uh, it's free right now as a PDF. And I just put a link in Twitch to you. Um, and so check out the free material. Uh, the starter set is really good to introduce people to Dungeons and Dragons and role playing in general. So, oh, we're, Lucian's going away. All right. So <laughs> I would say um, read that. And when you feel like you kind of understand it, give it to your friends, have them read it, and then come back and do things like that. So uh, you guys can come together and learn and acknowledge like you're, you don't really know what's going on. You might get things wrong, but that's not a big deal. Nobody really cares. There's no, there's very few incorrect ways to play D&D. If you get something like not rules right, then you're, it's fine. But yeah, that's awesome. Welcome to the hobby. I hope you have yeah. lots of fun and can find some friends in Japan to play with. And if you can't, uh, I know online is a great way to play with other people. Yeah. And Lucian plays with people from uh, Australia and like all over. So, yeah. you you know, we don't have to be tied to your neighbors kind of a thing. Yeah, and I think my answer is mostly to any of those people that come to this show later on and watch it years down the road. And they're like, oh, here's some good links. They're in the chat. Um, people will put stuff in the comments. But if you join our Discord, you know, and I can, me and you can come up with a, a schedule of some sort or even just a, a day where we could play Dungeons & Dragons, I'd be happy to get with you and gather a few D&D &D players and play maybe play some one-shots so that you can get into the whole hobby. So just jump on our Discord, send me a message, Sir Lucian, and maybe we can work something out just to get you going. Yeah, for sure. So, and I've got this Essentials Kit that I bought, which would be perfect for me to run through somebody with, but it would be really fun so I would love to do that. I've yeah. been to do that. With all your free time, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in quarantine, so That's I really true. do. <laughs> um, so, uh, so join yeah. our Discord. Join our Discord. We're there. We'll be happy to chat with you and help you and send resources. And there's lots of other friendly people there. Um, and maybe we can throw together a, a group. Um, so Pride Silk Outfit, it's kind of boring now that I bring it up, but that was a thing that well, happened. I think, I think but, the idea is that we always know that you can't combined ACs. Yeah, so everybody yeah. should have realized right away, you're not going to just because your helmet's one thing and your shoes yeah. are one thing and your gloves, D&D's never been that way. D&D's always been you have one calculation, if one is better than the other, you get to choose. And if you want to choose a worse one or the better one, you can do that, but and I did see this go around on Twitter a little bit too and um, because I think Matt also created some other materials that you know, that you could make sword stuff out of, you could make weapons mm. out of, and it was different materials in his world that add some type of, you know, up ability or property to whatever it's being created about. And really, I'm surprised we don't see more of that in um, Forgotten Realms. We get adamantium, which has some properties to it if you have stuff that's built out of it. Mm -hmm. Silver can do some stuff here or there properties are built about it but there's not a lot of you know we don't have like unobtainium we don't have you know all the stuff that you get like in the marvel universe or all this kind of stuff where they there's all these materials that are adding you know vibranium i have vibranium black panther armor so i'm good to go um but i thought it was interesting that it did make the rounds on on the twitterverse of dnd this week to see it but pride silk outfit seems um you know pretty reasonable to me 11 plus your decks is pretty good so if you got 18 decks which you're starting out with get your plus four to, to really get going that's about a 15 that's not too bad no it's great Ice for wizards shield so. plus two get you to a 17 that's not bad at all i made a minotaur bard that took just healing and buffing spells so that i wouldn't have to have a high charisma and gave him a high strength mm -hmm. and um i got him to 20 ac it was awesome uh, I was like getting those high ACs if I can, but my DM always hates it. And then my DM rolls so well, he still beats it anyways. So yeah. He's a big jerk. <laughs> yeah. No, when I was playing the Warforge 7, I had like a 22 or a 23 AC. And uh, yeah, my, my poor DM was just, and I totally have been there. I was like, no, I've got like a, a monk at my table that has a 20 AC and he can dodge things. He's got a high dex. It's really frustrating where you're like, I literally can't hit you. Uh, but you kind of have to reward those players for, doing that at two like there's a reason that you know and so he was really i think we talked about this before but my dm was really conflicted where he's like well like is the monster smart enough to stop attacking the thing that he can't hit and go for something else or 
is he, you know, whatever else. And I was like, that's, you know, that's kind of how you get into the monster mindset. Like a bear mm -hmm. might just get more angry that he can't hit and try to hit the same guy over and over. But like, you have a smarter guy who's just like, uh, I'm gonna engage the thing that I know I can like whittle down, you know? So anyway, um, we talked about errata last week and there was uh, some, some er the errata came out for uh, uh, Xanathar's Guide and so there were some changes there. But something we didn't touch on is there was a new Sage Advice Compendium and I was like, oh, we have more rules answers from Wizards of the Coast specifically. So I checked it out and the only new thing was about how Twin Spell worked. And it was kind of like, well, they, we already knew how Twin Spell worked, but they clarified it just for somebody who didn't. But reading it, I realized I've been playing rogues wrong, or I've been DMing rogues wrong. Uh, and it says there that a rogue can do sneak attack once on their turn. And I interpreted that as a round, but a turn is not a round. So potentially you could attack on your turn, sneak attack, and then when your turn is over, someone could uh, run away from you, giving you an opportunity attack, and you could you could sneak attack again on that opportunity attack. Um, and I've always ruled it that I'm like, well, you can get another sneak attack in, or you can get an opportunity attack, but you can't sneak attack. And I was wrong. So I wanted to say this is like a learning thing for people that you mm -hmm. you can uh, read these again and still learn something. Like I, I had been playing, I had been uh, DMing that incorrectly. So <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, and weird combinations will pop up when people start to have weird things they can do with their bonus actions or they yeah can, um because is the sneak attack portion isn't a bonus action to do or is it no it's just if you land an attack once yeah. per turn you can add this on if these conditions are met and then you yeah. still have a bonus action to do whatever you want a bonus action for so yeah yep that's interesting yeah very cool i never get any rules wrong so this is new to me no i'm saying <laughs> all the time I get it wrong. I was getting counterspell wrong forever until counterspell's uh, tricky. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was not letting people counter a counterspell. Like I was just like that just seems dumb to me because you're already casting a spell. I'm gonna counter that spell. How are you gonna again stop casting and then counter my counter to continue your? That just didn't make sense to me. But in the rules, it makes sense. <laughs> so uh, other than that, yeah, we had um, so sage advice was there. We had. Um, the only other thing I thought news-wise that I thought was relevant to our show, only because I know super fan sitting <laughs> next to me here, is uh, Jordan, we all have known, and we've heard it through many shows, seems to be a little bit of a fan of Final Fantasy. Oh, man. Here or there. Totally am. And uh, this week that dropped on um, PlayStation 4, I'm pretty sure, was Final Fantasy VII, the remake. I know. Which has been coming. Yeah, so like uh, final fantasy 7 is such an iconic game and it's yeah. it's funny wow. it's out yeah so yeah. it's funny now because i was i was like a freshman in high school so i was like 14 or 15 like th when when it came out in 1997 and mm -hmm. that game was like change like it was huge and uh it was the game and like everybody was playing it and everybody did a bunch of stuff uh, did I, I lose Lucian? Are you frozen? Oh my goodness. So uh, Final Fantasy VII was amazing and it makes sense that they're, uh, that they're remaking it, uh, but I don't have a PS4, so I'm actually not playing it. And it's kind of, ever since Final Fantasy XII, I've fallen off of the Final Fantasy bandwagon and I haven't played the later ones. Uh, I did have a funny conversation last night with some friends who did pick it up and they are playing it but I'm reminded of how younger they are than me because they're like, well, I never played the original, but like this one's really cool. And I'm like, how did you, <laughs> oh, that's right. You were like eight. Like it was not made for six and eight year olds. It was made yeah. for like 15 year old Jordan who like ate it up and loved it. But uh, I don't know, are you, are, do you have a PS4? Are you playing uh, Final I Fantasy? Bought, I spent my, cause I was only playing at friend's house games on consoles up at that point. So I'd get to play a lot of these games. My friends had Nintendos, my friends had Playstations, my friends had Segas, my friends had, you know, all these different friends. So I got to play all these things. But when I went to go buy one for the first time is when Final Fantasy VII came out the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. I actually saved my money up 
and I went out and bought my PlayStation, and it was the first game I bought, and I played it for a long, long, yeah. long, long time. So I have the nostalgia of playing it when it came out, of it being my first game I bought and first console I spent money on buying to play. Um, and I was a little bit older, but it still felt like an achievement to me to buy my own console. Oh, yeah. Because I was just, my friends had it, you know, just go yeah. to my friend's house and play and, and do all this stuff. They always had it, not me. Um, so it was really cool. I loved it. That's my favorite one of all the Final Fantasies ever. It's the one that is the most nostalgia to me with the characters and playing it. So I want to get the remake. I just haven't done it. I've got my PS4 back here. I'll probably buy a PS5. I still have my PS3 hooked up and still works just great. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm I'm a big PS fan, so that's definitely on my list at this point. But I'm playing so many games from Steam and so many yeah. other games from the Epic Game Store, and then I'm playing, you know, there's just so much going on that's it's crazy. So, But I'm going to get to it. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and sword was the greatest. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have such nostalgia for those games. Like, I... I played, I grew up playing Final Fantasy VI a lot and then played uh, Final Fantasy II later and was like, oh, there's more of these. And then got a Nintendo and Final Fantasy I. And I never finished that because that was a hard game. Like the first mm -hmm. Final Fantasy was just brutal and was unforgiving. Like if you cast a spell on an enemy and then your other character killed that enemy, you would cast a spell in a blank spot and it would do no damage and you would expend the resources. And you're like, yeah. what? And you were just so frustrated. Uh, as a kid, I was very frustrated, but I love all of those games. I've replayed them many times. Uh, it would be, I don't know. I think, I think the original seven is on PC on Steam. I know eight is. Oh, probably. Yeah. Uh, so that would be, I think I still have my PlayStation uh, game somewhere. I don't know. Um, but as far as the remake, I was, uh, I'm curious, they're, they're releasing it in sections. So you only have like the first bit of the game. Is that yeah, well, they're going in and adding so much yeah. like depth. They're adding so much to the graphics interplay. They're adding so much to the way the gameplay, it seems to work from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, they've only got a portion of that original game so far remastered recreated and yet they've got they're they're planning on doing more after that hopefully maybe they'll be quicker after that but i wonder if they're gonna time and that's fine i wonder if they're gonna change the story at all if it's just kind of like i don't know but the what was the the golden golden uh what was the racetrack with the chocobos what was that called oh yeah i forget anyway I loved that yeah, place. Yeah. I played a lot of those <laughs> games. Um, but it got me looking online. Uh, Lucian mentioned this, and I was like, is there like a Final Fantasy tabletop RPG? And there's nothing official, but there are like five different uh, fan-made Final Fantasy tabletop RPGs where you can like you can play like the chemist and the beastmaster and like these various jobs that appear. A lot of them in like uh, Final Fantasy V kind of did the job system really well. And so they took that and did that. Um, but there's not like a, I couldn't find a Final Fantasy seven. I'm going to play in the world of Final Fantasy seven and I'm going to play in Midgard and I'm going to, you know, all these other things and Juno and these, these places. Uh, but yeah, how cool would that be? I don't know. Um, yeah. And it, it's such an interesting game universe because like you've been playing the, the MMO that's out there, mm -hmm. but that really doesn't equate to Final Fantasy seven. Like you're playing 14, right? Final Fantasy 14 online or something like uh, that. No, I'm not playing anything right now. I, I played Final Fantasy 11 for like 11. many, many years. Uh, 14 is also yeah. online, and I did play that for like a couple months, but it wasn't my cup of tea. So I think yeah. I and was so burnt like out on MMOs different. by that point. But yeah, yeah it's a different, different world, world every time. Yeah. Uh, but Final, yet they yeah. still call it Final Fantasy, and it's really weird that if you try to get into it, and you don't know anything about it. It can be a confusing. Yeah, they're never they're never sequels. Uh, like Final Fantasy V has nothing to do with Final Fantasy VI and, and things like that. They're never sequels, um, which is interesting, yeah, because if you were playing Resident Evil, like, oh, it's da-da-da. Yeah. But I guess you think about it like, I don't know, different... Like, D&D is D&D &D because we have these iconic spells and monsters, and I think Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy because of the same thing. You have iconic um, spells and monsters. Yeah. And 
you that's a red mage. And I know a red mage from a blue mage, from a black mage, from a fighter, from a paladin, except the Taru Tarus. Oh my gosh, I was a Taru Taru. It was great. <laughs> Carbuncle server for life. That was, go. gosh, I had so much fun with that. Um, but uh, honestly, the act of playing tabletop RPGs has cured me of MMO RPGs. And I think it's great because now I'm, I'm social, I'm more social with gaming and I, I like that a lot. Um, and I like the creativity of, of RPGs, but, but yeah, uh, go search around, just Google Final Fantasy tabletop RPG. And uh, there are, uh, I found at least five um, of people, a D6 system, a D20 based on 3.5, people make custom classes. It's kind of, kind of cool. Um, so yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to tell me how the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake is. Maybe you can stream it and I can watch. I'll cool. critique you. How to do my PS4 stream, but yeah, maybe. Oh yeah, you got to get a capture card and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, capture stuff, but it'd be cool. Well, that leads us to my favorite part of the show these days is Bardic Inspiration, which is the spot that we eventually will have a cool tune. <laughs> I almost wanted to sing it, you know. Bardic yeah. Inspiration. Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, what I like about it is it's this. Throughout the week, we all will see something, read something, hear something, and usually it's a sentence or it's just a blurb, and it, in our mind, triggers this explosion of ideas that we go, oh, wouldn't that be cool if we put that in a Dungeons & Dragons campaign? So whatever that was that we had this past week, we like to throw in this section here. I saw Jordan's look pretty good. What would you have for us, Jordan? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I love Dungeon Crawl Classics, and uh, I picked up kind of like uh, one night I was really like uh, laying in bed, just like surfing the web, and I found a used copy of Dungeon Crawl Classics Lankmar, and I bought it. And then I was like, well, I, if I have that box set, I want to get the Peril on the Purple Planet Dungeon Crawl Classics box set. So I bought that too. Um, but it came in the mail, and uh, I, I read it, and DCC Lankmar has a system called Fleeting Luck. So... Uh, if you have a good role play moment, it's kind of like Bardic Inspiration. Like if you have a good role play moment, if you do this, if you do that, uh, if you score a natural 20 on a saving throw or an attack or something, then you get this point of luck. And you can use that point of luck to give you a plus one to a, a roll. So uh, before I roll, I say, you know, I wanna spend two points of fleeting luck and then I get a plus two on that on that attack. Or I say I want to spend two points and do plus two damage when I hit. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really fun. The idea of why it's fleeting is if anybody at the table rolls a natural one, all fleeting luck goes back to the DM and is gone. So like, I like the idea of that. And it got me thinking like Bart, like inspiration is really fun and you can hand out advantage to players, but what if you handed out like plus ones or, and then so they could bank this uh, and, and have like, I wanna have, uh, uh, I don't know, like I get five points of fleeting luck, I'm gonna use that plus five to give myself, a, to make sure I really hit. But at the same time, you're banking on doing that on your turn and the guy before you rolls a natural one and you lose all of it. Like I like that a lot. and. Uh, I, I don't have, I know Bardic Inspiration is more like, what were you inspired story-wise? But like, I want to do a game where our players are entered into some kind of like contest. And uh, the, yeah. the um, maybe like a Twitch stream, honestly. And like, mm -hmm. so they're, they're in this like uh, running man, so to speak, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, our, the audience can favor them for, oh yeah, he scored a critical hit, that's so cool, give him praise. Oh, like they're bad, take their praise away. And so you could use that as a way of like, the audience likes you, now they don't, you know? And so you do good things and bad things, but if you add to the spectacle of it, then you get this fleeting luck. So it's something I wanna try. Uh, I actually really like that system a lot for mm -hmm. Dungeon Call Classics that I think it could easily replace uh, Bardic Inspiration for your game and you could hand out more than one point uh, at a time and it's kind of cool. So I don't know, that was, I've been reading a lot of Linkmar. It's a really, really fun setting. I didn't know anything about Linkmar and uh, books from 1931 to 1988, I think, the author. And it's this fantasy world that he created. Uh, it was AD&D, it was one of the worlds you could play in. And now uh, it's in Dungeon Crawl Classics, so. 
Yeah, I could see a, a fun mechanic like that that you could add something close to it. Like at the beginning of a round, you roll a d20, and whatever number pops up, that's a number that you get a bonus for if it comes up during the round or something, and it, and it represents some type of good omen. Or maybe you have a yeah. good omen dice and a bad omen dice, and you roll them, and then if somebody else's numbers hit those numbers, you get a good omen or a bad omen. It might be a plus yeah. one or a minus well and that's kind of like crit charts right like you could make a chart like on a 20 here's an additional effect and on a fail here's an additional effect but no i like that like maybe at the beginning of the of the game you're like all right oh 12s are lucky numbers so if anybody gets a 12 something cool cool happens you know i don't know or if you double up like when you roll two sixes might mean something Mm -hmm. or snake eyes might mean something if you're running like a a 2d6 type game or a yeah. 6 type game. That'd be kind of cool. So yeah, I like that. A little cool, fun dice mechanics. Um, yeah. So, but what, what have you been consuming during quarantine? What is your well, bardic inspiration? Obviously I have been watching the retelling of the fourth great Shinobi war. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, from, from Naruto and, uh, Shippenden. And I'll get most of these pronunciations wrong. Cause I'm obviously an American who has terrible pronunciation of, Japanese terms and anime terms. Ah, so I gaijin. apologize to all of you aficionados, but um, I've been binge watching it um, and I'm getting through quite a few of the episodes and it just reminds me how Dungeons and Dragons like that game is in the idea of in this war, they brought back all these characters that you've met over season after season after season of this show, right? And it's the fourth great war. They've all grouped together and they're fighting an ultimate evil, big, that's a DD story right there mm-hmm. in its own but what's cool about it what what really struck me last night as i'm watching it is that all these characters they brought back together are so unique there's hundreds of shinobi that we've been introduced to over at to the point that you get up to this part of the series yeah and i i'm like on you know it's like episode 300 and something by this time i don't even remember what the total episode count is. yeah um but it's pretty big and yet each of these people have individual abilities that they can do that are different from people that have abilities um that may share something so their their idea in D terms my wizard might be different than jordan's wizard right or my yeah. the way my firebolt fires off is different than the way jordan's firebolt might be described in the game that's what really made that connection for me is that they are so unique in the way that they do all these different power sets and combinations of what they can do amongst all these different great characters and heroes and villains and whatever that is does anybody know is there a ttrpg out there of you know the whole naruto universe world whether it's you know his son what is his son is his son boruto yeah boruto yeah boruto um you know is that one out I'm, i'm trying to build up to get to the newer stuff i'm still in the older stuff at this point and i'm building up to get to that this is such a cool universe. I think it's very D and D like in some ways. I think you could either try to play D and D in that world, or you could just play a D and D game that has elements of that, which is like the the ideas of these abilities that you can have. You know, wood style, water style, fire style, people doing different abilities that look different and do different things. Um, I really was hoping that maybe somebody out there, when I talked on on our show today, would put in the comment that there is. Uh, uh, no skull you're you're hurting my feelings now there's no official (laughs) then we need to make a fan well so let's talk about this why rpg why don't you use cypher system yeah i think we could i mean in all honesty if you like the lore if you like the world uh and you want to take part in this epic thing i think that's what the cypher system was made for it's not as crunchy and as other things that you would like to do but like mm-hmm. you could you can flavor so many things with your your d20 skills just like you said we're all rolling kind of the same dice but like my firebolt is different from your firebolt and i right. think that's where the cipher system really excels so yeah so this is on my list i've added it to one That'd of my cool. list of things that i may never do but i i want to do is to go through and maybe create a system that you could create characters or have it dynamic enough that you could have hundred characters, you could build a hundred characters and they'd all be unique. They'd all be different. They'd all have their different combinations of things, but it would all still fit in the same system. You can do that pretty much with D and D it's a well-designed system. You can have lots of different 
characters. Cypher, I think you could do it very well too because you could just build lots of little ability lists mm -hmm. that you could put on there and you could change, you know, which ones you could take and which ones, you know, how they do things. You don't have to have the number, you don't have to play with the math too much in Cypher because it's all done for you. I think that'd be a good place to build it. I might do that because I do have the Cypher system book which helps you build any system you want using their rule set, which is a really cool book if you don't have that. Um, so, because Numenera is based on that, The Strange is based on that, but if you want the rule set, the Cypher book is a good one to get for that. So it's definitely one I want to do because it's just so interesting to think about how would you use these cool abilities that you're seeing from these great, you know, ninja characters, shinobi characters that are doing cool stuff with, you know, like crowd control things or damage things or substitution stuff you know they're 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 all over the place they're jumping through trees they're they're moving at high speeds they're hitting strong you know it's like all this cool stuff like even i was just on the part where th this is probably too deep into it but choji has really he's having this conundrum of not being able to fight his master and he has to overcome this idea that he doesn't want to hurt anybody he just doesn't want conflict mm -hmm. and it was such a touching moment in that series it's not just you know this anime that's that's irreverent there's some real heart tugging moments in there or character building moments about a character going through some big change in their life so it's crazy to see that kind of stuff and what people might might deem as a cartoon or yeah you know, just for kids or something like that which is what it probably was built for originally but there's a lot of really cool stuff in it so that was my yeah so we're uh, we're changing the name of the show we are the nardo yeah. saturday New. show <laughs> yes. um so. Starting on Saturday mornings at two o'clock. No, Cypher is really good there. Yeah. I just I've never heard of this before, but there's an anime. Uh, sorry, an, a universal Japanese anime role playing game called Big Eyes, Small Mouth. And the idea is that you can play your favorite show. Um, so I wonder if that would work. Like, I don't know. I'm really I really want to, like, find this and read it now. It looks I mean, I don't know anything about it, but like. Yeah. But I also like the idea of sitting down with a group of fans, a group of people that are really into it, and brainstorming, okay, we have this system, maybe we're all familiar with Cypher, we're all familiar with D&D 5 or whatever mm -hmm. it is you pick, and say, okay, how do we build, how do we build mechanics that let us build um, Kakashi? How do we have yeah. mechanics that let us build Choji? How do we have mechanics that let us build, you know, all these different cool and fun characters um, and, and I love that. Or people might say, you know, uh, Avatar, the, the last airbender would be kind of similar where you have these, you know, lots of characters that have lots of abilities and you want to try to capture that in a game. And I was going to bring that up because my, uh, my uh, Thursday group that I play with that I ran hot Springs Island for, they're huge avatar fans. Mm -hmm. And for a while they were like, we could build an avatar RPG and they were actively working on a new system uh, for Avatar to yeah. like capture the feel of it and like how could we yeah. do this and like how could you build an Earthbender and stuff um, and I don't know what fun. happened with that I think they kind of just yeah. got busy with their regular lives like you do but uh, it doesn't yeah. go anywhere that type of session sounds fun to me where you get together for an hour or two mm -hmm. and you just try to figure out ways you could do something that's a big passion of you in your life at the moment and this thing that you share with somebody else who's that passionate about it so I don't know maybe that's like a Gen Con uh, uh, Thing that we can do when we're all together sitting at gen con hopefully it's still on we can sit around the hotel and dream up ways that you can build these a, a game system that would let you play you know the the fourth great shinobi war of some sort yeah. you know, or something like that so it'd be pretty cool um so that was my inspiration that's what i'm, I'm going to continue binge watching and keep going through the whole system it's been good i've been watching a, a lot hulu has a lot of really cool anime that um has you can go out and watch and i'm sure there's other i know people go to Crunchyroll. i know people go to other yep. places netflix will have anime yep. the, if you haven't watched the castlevania netflix series i know i watched the first season i need to watch the rest of it yeah season two will knock your socks off it is i'm so not even wearing any snap it is so quarantine it is crazy <laughs> you will love it once you get to those last few episodes and they get into the, some some of the battling you will be like this is D, &D animated right here this is what it should be. It is so good. So, all right. Well, last week I dominated the talk of what I did, and you only had a few minutes left towards the end. So I'm going to let you go first. And that way, if there's only a few minutes left for me, I'll make it work. So what did you do in Dungeons & Dragons, although we kind of heard earlier, 
or role-playing games for Jordan? Um, yeah, so I had my Rod of Seven Parts game and then my DM's internet didn't work. And then tonight, uh, I'm not sure if they're gonna try and play D&D again. So last week, uh, the group that I play with on Saturday nights, they played without me um, because they were like gonna, they, they you know, broke quarantine. They're all healthy adults, I think they're fine. Uh, we're just, we, being me and my wife, are just worried about the baby and things like that. So we're like, really don't, we're not trying to take any chances. So I ended up staying home. Uh, they played without me. Uh, I got a message that I got 40 gold and didn't die. And I was like, okay, I'll take Good it. <laughs> <laughs> like, go me. So uh, we'll see what they're doing. Maybe we can figure out a way of like, if they still wanna play in person, I could like Skype in or listen or something. That would be kind of fun. Um, yeah. I, I understand the, want to be at the table and these are all these are all people that really like playing at the table and i 100 get that uh but we'll see we'll see what's going on um but uh, uh that is probably the game i'm most excited about because i am playing uh this tiefling conjuration wizard that's like really uh, uh greedy and i just i don't know like i I've really latched onto this and I'm like, I really am invested in this character and I got a custom mini made from uh, Hero Forge and my DM painted mm. it and it looks really cool. Uh, and you're just like, oh, I just wanna play. Um, but it's interesting how so many people are doing games now. And I had a friend that I haven't seen, well, I saw him a couple of years back. He, he stopped through town, but we worked together uh, like 11 years ago. And he contacted me kind of out of the blue and he's like, you play D&D, do you want to play with me? And I'm like, sure. And so uh, we started up new new characters and I'm a level one rogue and we're going through some kind of uh, like school for adventurers that he threw together. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so mm -hmm. I did play that last week and that was good. But uh, this Sunday we're unable to play that again. So we're not gonna do that. Uh, but I should talk about Rod of Seven Parts. So. Rod of Seven Parts is the second edition D&D 5e game that I am running on Ted's Nerd Immersion channel uh, here on Twitch. Uh, uh, my Patreon has the podcast upload, so if you want it in podcast format, you can get it there. Otherwise, it's on YouTube. Uh, just search uh, Jordan with a PH and Rod of Seven Parts or go to my channel. I've got them linked and stuff like that, uh, but it's really good. And that was a session we did last time where we... Uh, had no combat. And I know you really like combat. I really like combat. I kind of feel sometimes Ooh. when we don't have combat, I've let other people down. But mm -hmm. the, the group was like, no, it was a really good session. They had a lot of fun. And we actually ended with like an encounter. So we're gonna have a fight at the beginning of the next thing. So that'll be fun. But uh, this is funny. I was looking at my notes and I had this dream sequence prepared. So when they took a long rest, I was gonna have them wake up from this dream sequence. Uh, and they ended up, uh, I just didn't read my notes. And so we got through this whole scene. They woke up, they took care of business. They like da da da. And I was reading and I'm like, oh, how do I fit this in? How do I fit this in? So I kind of changed it so that they all had like a collected vision. Uh, and it worked out really well. But I, I wanted to highlight that because as a DM, you can even, you can take meticulous notes and know exactly yeah. what you want to do. And then as a human being, you just decide not to read them. And yeah, like, yeah. Uh, what? So. I did that with one of my encounters. I had a dragon that was, um, they were fighting it in the forest. It was a younger adult, or it wasn't an adult dragon. So it wasn't gonna be like this big thing, but I had this thing written out that it was gonna taunt them, but it was also because it was overconfident, gonna give them more information than normal. Uh -huh. But it was gonna help them learn some stuff. Yeah. We get into the combat, we go through the whole fight, and I totally forget that I want this creature to give them information yeah. that I want them to have. And I'm just like, no, what did I do? Yeah. So I gotta find another way to get them that information. So I've, I've totally done that. Yeah, I almost, <laughs> like while we were playing, I almost was like, can we, can we pause? You were supposed to have a dream when you woke up. And then I was like, no, that's dumb. Like, I don't want to do that. So I think mm -hmm. I think it worked out okay. They had fun. Uh, I'm really excited. They're they're traveling and looking at places. Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned with time constraints because I, I told everyone this would be like an eight to nine month campaign. But at the rate we're playing, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to find all these like... Ooh, like they just have they're, to like, on like two rods. And yeah, and they got to get five more. And I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, I'll, I might have to speed things along. Like, like travel is just 
you arrive and we don't need yeah. to do like a montage because usually when travel I like to do like and then this happens and you see this and it's really interesting mm -hmm. but I think I need to waive some of that just to to speed it up and who knows the the party or my players might be like no like you said a nine month campaign but like I'm fine playing you know 12 months and we can finish the story so mm -hmm. we'll see um, and then well, other than that, I'm going to be running a Dungeon Crawl Classics game tomorrow, possibly. Uh, I think it's going to be a zero-level funnel with some friends that are in town that I usually play games with, and we're all stuck in, t stuck in our houses. Anymore. And I thought this was funny because usually they're really busy, so trying to coordinate when to play is always a problem. And so I said, like, I'm available after 12 p.m. on Sunday, and everyone's like, oh, I'm free all day. And I was like, oh my gosh, this has never happened before where I could literally just be like, let's play at three o'clock. And they're like, okay. So uh, that's going to be fun. So we're going to play uh, tomorrow on uh, Roll20 and should be a new experience for some of them. I don't think they've used Roll20 before, but okay. you can make a DCC game with Roll20. So You can. Yeah. Very cool. And that's now games. Your, your rod of seven parts, that's a really good cast you got there. You got one... I don't know, kind of drab person. I think it's the really whitish haired, kind of just doesn't really get into the game very much, doesn't really. Yeah. But all the other players are super solid. Okay, so well, I let's, I mean, Ted, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Brenna, Brenna, awesome. I mean, bringing every her. Every game I play, I would love to have. Bringing her A game all the way yeah. from Australia. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we have we have Lex. Uh, he's done, he's done so much. Where's a suit? Dress, all this other stuff. All of them. Um, <laughs> and and the other person. I'm blanking on the last one, but like, no, I'm really, I really like the whole cast. They're really great. So yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's only funny because she's in the chat and she's uh, listening to us. So that's that's what makes it funny. But for my Dungeons and Dragons games, I got to play. I'm learning Jordan two new systems bangering i'm supposed to be learning my new software job <laughs> and, uh, my brain's on fire at this point trying to i think there is a point probably when you get to a certain age that as you learn something new you must forget something you already knew right because i think that's happening in my head and uh it's a lot to take in but i have been playing in a savage worlds game uh savage Worlds system is a D20 system with things that are called like bennies and, and initiative is done by drawing cards from a card deck. And if you get a joker, certain things can happen. It's got exploding dice mechanics. It can be played in any genre. We're playing it in a, in a shadow run style. It's called the X crawl universe. So it's more of a cyberpunky kind of thing. And it's interesting what, the world can be it's interesting that it's a system that can work for any worlds you talked about you got to play a little bit of savage worlds playing the deadlands which is another really mm -hmm. popular one that's out there version of it and they, they built a lot of different types of savage world games um different genres that you can play mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool the the thing i had and i wanted to bring to the show was this idea that i was playing and i was actually in the session and I was getting super bored with where the session was going. And I even was typing to Jordan and Jordan was like laughing at me because I was having a bad day. I'm trying to play the game. I'm not super interested all of a sudden in the moment. And I was just having this really tough time staying engaged with it. And I really thought, you know, as dungeon masters, we have to remember that sometimes something we're really excited about and we're having fun with look Keep an eye on your players, see if there's cues, see if there's anything that you're recognizing where they're not getting engaged, they're not connecting in some way, to see if you can reach out to them and say, hey, I just wanted to see, it didn't didn't seem like you talked too much in the session, wasn't sure if, you know, maybe there's something that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you didn't know how to do, or was it just because you were sitting back and you were distracted, or was it more like you're not into it, or, or what? Because I think what you don't want to do is something to kind of fester on, Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'm saying it is because after the session, I thought, oh, I was such a bad player because I didn't engage. The other three players were having fun. I was just kind of the one that was being the downer. And I shouldn't have been. I really should have tried to, you know, get into the game. But we're all going to have a bad day. We're all going to have something where you're just tired, but you showed up anyways. Or other things are going on in your life. And you're maybe you're not as into it as you are. You're just there to roll some dice, but you're not really paying attention. That's mm -hmm. okay, too. Um, but keep an eye on it from a dungeon master's perspective. I looked at my own play, what I was doing for my player. And I thought, if this is happening to me in a game, 
this is something that I want to just check in on, not fix. It's not your job to fix things mm -hmm. like that, but it's, it's your job just to check in and say, Hey, how's it going? Is there something, you know, that we could do different? That is it, is there something that could be different or is it, Hey, you're just having a day and it's no big deal. We'll see you next week. And you know, what's going on. Or like Jordan reminded me this morning when we talked about it, it's actually okay to try a game. You try it out, maybe a session or two and just realize it's not the game for me. It's not working. It's maybe the mechanics aren't grabbing you. Maybe the storyline hasn't really grabbed you. You're not excited about your character very much. It's okay to say, Hey guys, thanks for inviting me. This is cool. But maybe you, sh I, I think I'm going to go ahead and drop out and maybe you guys can get a player that's, you know, excited about their character, excited about the storyline and can jump in. And that way you don't have, you know, just this person who's don't be awkward and just stick it out. Like, I guess, yeah, yeah. No, and I think it worse for everybody. I, I learned that the hard way with Dungeon Crawl Classics, where I introduced it to a lot of people thinking it was the most amazing system. And they were just like, no, like what? And I'm like, yeah, we roll randomly for everything. And they're like, but I want to play a wizard. And I'm like, you don't get to unless you roll randomly, for, you know? And so they were like, well, why would I want to play in this game if I can't even choose what I want to play? And I'm like, oh, I guess that's fair, but like, it's fun, you know? And so you just learn that like, not everybody likes every kind of game, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm the same, I, I, I feel similar about uh, Savage Worlds. Uh, mm -hmm. we, I played a Deadlands game in it. I like the Deadlands world a whole bunch. I like the character customization in a way. Like, I think that's kind of, you can really build, and well, the game I played at least with Savage Worlds, I felt that I, I'm not choosing to be like a fighter. I'm not choosing to be something like that. Like, mm -hmm. based on how you configure your stats, you can kind of make all these things. So we had all these crazy ideas of like, well, I wanna be like a, a lasso cowboy. Um, I wanna be like a, a mad scientist with a robot arm. And uh, I think I, I played a, a an old prospector that attacked people with my pickaxe. And uh, you take vices that like, like I had bad hearing, so I couldn't hear certain things. And so you take negative things as well as positives. And I, and I like that aspect, but actually rolling the dice, the cards, combat, so complicated for me that I'm like, I, I don't think this world's cool, but I don't think I wanna play Savage Worlds anymore. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I think it's a great game for, for a lot of people. I think it's a great narrative game. I think my problem came into where mm -hmm. I wanted to be like when the combat happened, the combat felt a little stale to me. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a lot of options. And so I think when I'm looking at role playing games, I'm looking for things that have a lot of cool tactical options that hold my interest. And that's the mm -hmm. kind of games I like to run. That's the kind of games I like to be in. And that's okay. Those are good games. Narrative games are good games. You know, you just pick, you know, the different ones. So I'm going to yeah. stick it out but I'll have a conversation with my dungeon master at some point that says, you know, if I'm not into it, Hey, you guys are having fun. Why don't you pick up another player? They'll have fun. I'm going to find another game that I can play on Monday night. That is going to be fun. And I can be excited about mm -hmm. somebody where I'm thinking about my character throughout the whole week. Like I have been in my other games, you know, because you want the time we have to, to devote to our hobbies is limited. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that that limited time is being spent in stuff we like to do. And it's not bringing anybody else down. Like, don't be the boat anchor that just brings the whole game to a crashing halt because you're yeah. bored, even though everybody else is having a good time, but you're bored, so you're going to ruin it for everybody. Don't be that person. So the other thing is Tuesday night, we're doing Dragon Heist now. Because I was doing my software certification thing, I told my guys that I wasn't going to be there. And we talked about this last week that my halfling, who didn't fit with the group, who's ultra good did not fit with scoundrels, which is the rest of my group. And I just thought that though it has been funny and it's created some funny moments with my good guy dealing with the bad guy party that he's a part of, I knew I didn't want that to be a long campaign. I wasn't, I didn't want to do it for nine months. Like if you just said, Hey, I'm playing the rod set parts, there might be a character I'm willing to play for two or three sessions or maybe a month or two, right. but not for nine months. I better like the character that I'm going to play for nine months. So I told my DM, I said, you know, he's not fitting. I don't want to have this friction all of this time. I would just, I'm just going to roll up somebody that can be a scoundrel mm -hmm. and that fits in with this group and we can just play it that way. And I'm fine with that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and roll a character up. So they played, they got in a big fight. Um, they were down me. I wasn't there and they nearly got their butts kicked. And so they're all super excited about, 
who's the new character that's going to be coming in and getting played. And, and we've been putting hints out there. I was like, well, I looked at Minotaur for a while. And they're like, yeah, Minotaur's coming in. And then I would type in like two hours later. But then I decided on something different. They're like, no. Uh -huh. like, and I was like, but then there was a centaur. And I was looking at centaurs. Like, hey, we're getting a centaur. And then, you know, so it was like other stuff. So nobody knows except the DM what character mm -hmm. I rolled up. Here's the other cool thing about this character that I'm excited about. And this is what I wanted to be excited about in Savage Worlds. I rolled really high stats. Ooh. So normally I'm I'm a pretty average dice roller when I'm rolling up uh -huh. characters. I usually get one good stat and then the rest are pretty average. So that's most of my characters are built on that. This time I have like three 16s and like three 12s. Like this, this is just like crazy for my character. And I was just like, oh my God. The possibilities of what you can do with those kind of stats to build something is crazy. Yeah. So none of them watch the show currently, or they're too lazy to get up at this time in the morning. <laughs> lazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just lazy. I'm playing a bugbear. Ooh. From a book I had read a bugbear ranger. Ooh. Is the gloom stalker, which I couldn't remember last week. I mm. kept thinking horizon something, but it's gloom stalker. And I think this is going to be a really good kind of scoundrel character that is all about ambushing, all about sneaking around in the darkness, all about two big long knives. And mm -hmm. I took two weapon fighting, even though it's a ranger, but I can do longbow stuff if I want. But I think it's going to be kind of an in-your-face ambush type character from the darkness. And I think it's going to be cool. Eight feet tall, big bruiser kind of bugbear. Um, and maybe even dip into like rogue at some point to get some sneak attack damage in there with the ranger or something so it could be pretty fun i'm excited to play the character it was comes from a book called wandering monsters which was a a book that um was narrated by some monsters who were escaping a uh wizard evil wizards tower that was being attacked by player characters and they're like oh no the player characters are here and they're and the player characters are typical murder hobo player characters they're killing and slaughtering everything and they're breaking everything they're finding all the gear they're putting it in their portable bags they're taking everything that isn't nailed down and, and the characters there's an orc a goblin a bugbear and like a, a mix match of a creature they're just like we just want to escape we, we don't want nothing to do with these, mm -hmm. these we just want to get out of here, so <laughs> here. And that's the story of they're like we don't care about this evil wizard going you know, yeah he's evil go kill him we don't care we just we're just getting out of here so it's a really fun book that takes the point of view of some monsters that aren't evil but are being hunted down as if they're evil because well obviously they're monsters it's mm -hmm. more so they're honestly so it's a pretty fun book series that i'm doing so that's the character i was, I was isn't that Other i than, i was talking or i was listening to a podcast and they kind of talked about this but uh the the idea that any uh race really fits in the forgotten realms and how that's nice like you couldn't, you could play a bugbear or a centaur or something in Eberron or other like ones, but not really, mm -hmm. you know, like you have to make a special agreement, but like somehow we've, we've all collectively have just kind of said like, yeah, bugbears can be in the realms, like whatever, yeah. you know? And I like that. You can that. have a player character who's kind yeah. of out from their tribe. They don't have Yeah. And any might, people will be like, oh, I don't know. I don't trust that bugbear guy. And like, and that's yeah. fine. But at the same time, it's uh, yeah, it's just kind of. I, I like that. I don't know. It's cool. So. And then my tomorrow night, even though we only have a minute or two left here, probably not even that, I'm playing Starfinder, which I'm also learning a new system, which is very cool. What I've been using on this one, one thing for any of you out there trying to learn a brand new system, YouTube is a godsend for those of us that want to learn how to play a role-playing game because there's so many really good people out there that have built tutorials <laughs> tutorials on how to do certain things me and you have built tutorials on how to play games we love yeah um, other people have built those same things and i'm using those to try to figure out how to play starfinder i'm using those to figure out how to play savage worlds i'm using those to up my knowledge of the dnd 5e rule set or my knowledge of how to use roll 20 or uh -huh. my knowledge of how to you know put games online on twitch or something like that so it's been so cool to be able to do that i'm excited to play Starfinder has a very cool universe that it's around. The characters are very evocative. We're playing with all the expansion stuff that's out there. So I'm going to get to play a Vanguard, an Android Vanguard, which is a melee bruiser in the form of like almost like a, a Mass Effect kind of mm -hmm. where I'm changing 
using almost like biotics to do some stuff to power up punches and do all kinds of cool stuff and make my defense cooler, make me quicker, those kinds of things. So I'm interested to see where that campaign goes tomorrow night. We're going to start early, 7 o'clock, I think, and just start playing and have some fun. And we're all learning the system together. It's a game where none of us know how to play it, but we all want to try it. And we're all helping each other learn at the same time. That's really cool. Another cool thing to do with trying to learn a game. Don't just be the person that shows up and say, okay, teach me everything. Yeah. Be the person that shows up and helps everybody learn. And everybody helps understands the rules. So the DM doesn't have that burden of, I have to know everything. As a DM, I love those people. Yes. (laughs) Especially when I'm literally like, hey guys, like I am petrified to play Invisible Sun because I'm going to be like, I want to try this game. And everyone's going to be like, teach me. And I'm like, I really wish that you would have read the books too. (laughs) Cause I also don't understand what's happening. (laughs) Why can't we learn together? But yeah. So yeah. Yeah, do that. When I was doing my one one game a month to try a brand new RPG, which I started last year and didn't quite finish, that was the struggle I had was that my players were showing up and saying, okay, I want to create this character. How do I do it? And I'm like, hey, guys, we're just picking games randomly here. And when we try it for a month, you know as much as I do. Here's yeah. the PDFs. It's like, you've got to help me understand too. And I'm going to read it, but you guys got to read it too. And you got to help try to figure mm-hmm. these rules out. We got to work through how this is all going to work out. So help be helpful with knowing rules with the people around the table in a helpful manner. So that was what I had done in Dungeons and Dragons. I get to play tomorrow. I can't wait to do it. And I can't wait to come back next week and tell you how it went. Awesome. Take us away, Jordan. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, that's our show. That's our show. (laughs) Welcome back to NPR. That's national public rolling because we roll dice here. Nailed it. Um, we really appreciate, uh, watching us live. We really appreciate, uh, all of the retweeting and things like that. Getting the show out, telling your friends, telling your family, telling your dog, uh, rate us on iTunes and all that other fun stuff. Cause, uh, it helps the show. We really like it. Thank you so much. Uh, we, oh, I haven't told Lucian this. I might not be here next week. Oh no. Yeah, so uh, Goodman Games is running an online convention called Cyclops Con, and I got invited to play a game at uh, during this this time. So I might have to, yeah, we'll talk about it. So I might not be here next week, but I will be on the Twitches, possibly, if you want to watch some uh, Jordan play some Dungeon Crawl Classics. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, lots of Twitches. Hey-o! All right, thank you guys so much. We will see you next week uh, uh, on the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye, everybody. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.